0: Good morning, everybody. Mora? Mora? Is it okay if we just have a bit of a conversation um, this morning and we just talk a little bit through what has transpired? Because, you see, we can't just go to the next thing and talk and preach without understanding context of what took place here this morning and also what we showed through the slides. So we're just going to ask you to settle. We've still got a few people who would like to give uh, at this time, so we'll just, we'll just wait a little bit. But um, should just put on the first slide while we're waiting, please? Thank you. And this is what we're going to talk a little bit about today. So I think, firstly, to the candidates that were baptized here today, young and old, we want to say congratulations. We want to say well done. And I'm going to talk the first part through a bit of the responsibility of what took place here today. Because you see, this was not just a ritual. This was just not something for the show or for a display. There is a spiritual significance of what took place here today. And we've got to understand this. And so we know that you've been prepared, that you've uh, understood it uh, from the onset. But there's a continued understanding that I would like to speak into. And I want to title this morning of being a torchbearer for the kingdom. Because you see, there's a responsibility for us as Christians as we walk through this journey of life. If you ultimately ask me, what is this all about? The Word of God is very clear. It says, Let your light so shine, so that the whole world will see that Jesus Christ lives within you. Not in your neighbor, not in the person behind you, in you. And you see, every day, the testing of your faith will take place. Every day, your foundations will be shifted according to God's Word. Every day, you will be challenged in your mind, in your actions. In how you think through things and how you do things. Every day. Because you see, there's someone that will constantly try to do this. But do you know what? On the other side, don't stay there. God says through His Word, look, I've overcome this world. Take heart. I have overcome this world. And so today, we're just going to take a bit of a glimpse into what I believe God wants us to do. Let's pray as we just share god's word together and as we just understand what god is saying lord we thank you that this morning we could bear witness with the heavens of what has taken place here today thank you this morning father god for each and every person that has gone through this obedient process of baptism that lord that there's such a beautiful responsibility that comes with this so we pray lord as your word gets shared we pray for each and every heart that is prepared to receive the word of god that in Father God, as the seed gets planted, that in due season, that you will water it and you will make it grow, and the fruits of that will show in our lives in time to come. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 So, firstly, let me just take a step back with the slides that was shown. That is the graduation of Bread of Life, and Bread of Life has been running at this church for about nine years, if I've got the timing correct. And Surietta so and the team, as over the last few years, invested time every Saturday from the morning uh, at about after 8 till around about after 11 coming together and we don't just hand out food parcels. What we do is we disciple people. And what the program is all about is that we take people through a process and a journey year in and year out. And it's a three-year commitment. So what you saw in the pictures is a commitment by some of, of the folk that has gone through that and the third year, which was uh, two weeks back, that we just celebrated that. There were hikes. There was camps. There were um, outings. But more importantly, there was a process that we saw taking place in their lives. People learned more about themselves, how to deal with finances, what are their roles and the responsibilities. Being a Christian, what does it mean? And so what we've done over the three-year process is that we've invested time into each and every person, and we took care of their story, took care of what their responsibilities is in their community and in their lives. And so what we've done is we just showcased to you a snapshot of three years. Truthfully, can you really catch the the essence of what has taken place? Not really. And so what has happened is that we then looked at the Saturday group and said, What is God saying and doing? And another group got added on the Friday. And so there's a Friday group, and they are now the uh, beneficiaries for the Saturday program as some people has graduated. And so what it means is creating space for more people. And so there are different teams and volunteers and people who are working on a Friday with the group and on a Saturday. And then what we've done, added to this, is every Wednesday we meet with a group of men Last week, we took one of the men to a program who's gone through a bit of situation, and he's in a rehab facility at the moment. And there are others that we could just understand where they are coming from. There are people who have um, different cases against them. Some people who have so many challenges. And so what we've done as a group of men is we've gathered together on a Wednesday, and there are people like Johan and Rod and others that work with us on a Wednesday. And I shared this a few weeks ago What seems just as an event, if you wish, and a time of fellowship on a Sunday, from Monday literally to the next Saturday, this church is busy in ministry and activities and what God is doing. And ultimately, what are we doing? We're empowering people to be torchbearers for the kingdom. Because you see, the church is referred to as a lighthouse. But you see, what's a lighthouse without people bearing the light? And the building, that's it. Because you see, God has implanted into each and every one of us, according to his word, that we need to be that light where we go. And what does that look like? And I want to unpack a few things with us this morning. But I want to maybe just pause there for a moment. If you think of torchbearers, like for myself, I like the Olympics. And isn't it amazing that one of the first events that takes place is that there's a torch. And it goes from city to city, place to place. And here's the thing. During the whole event of the Olympics, there's a a flame that is burnt throughout the time. And you've got to understand there's a significance around what has taken place. Because in, in reality, what has happened is there are different athletes that are requested to carry it from different points. And I want you to think about this. Different personalities different backgrounds, different people, having one common interest. Yeah. The Olympics came about to bring peace throughout the different continents. Good. Listen to this. And it's so significant so that when the one, and for those who've watched the event, firstly, the, the best one I've seen was in Atlanta a few years ago, they had an archer shoot an arrow with a flame. That's and it, it's, it's, that's it. What year was that? 92. Oh, was it that year? Thanks. <laughs> Oh, yeah, a couple of years. A few years. And I was so amazed because if you like anything like myself, I love movies that has arrows and horses and this rough stuff. But you know what was so amazing? It took skill. It took confidence for someone to shoot that bone in practice and to get it into the right target. You see, you've got to understand that God's word is very clear, that you are like an arrow in the hand of a master archer and when God releases you you cannot miss bullseye people the winds of life will come, the storms of life will come, but if God has set you on course, you've got to understand that his purposes will prevail there'll be a bit of wobble there'll be a bit of, ooh, can I make this relax people, because you're in the master's hands Don't work out, we heard a few weeks ago, or a week ago. Don't work out your own stuff. You see, when you are released, and God says, and you are the torch bearer, you can touch and ignite somebody else's life by just, what? Being there. As iron sharpens iron, so shall one lift up the countenance of another. The thing, let me break this down for you, and I've used this analogy a few years ago, when there were two people that were sent out to go and chop wood, they were desperate in terms of work. And the one guy said, uh, the farmer at least said, if you can cut X amount of wood per day, I will come and look at the piles, and I'll pay you accordingly. And what happened is, this one guy saw in the distance, his friend keeps on disappearing every time. And I was like, seriously, we, we both need this money. Let's just constantly work at it. At the end of the day, when the farmer came back, what happened is the one who disappeared got paid more than the one that was chopping consistently. Because you see what happened is, they had a conversation afterwards, they said, hey dude, how come you got paid more and your wood was more than mine? He said, you see, while you were chopping consistently, your axe was getting blunt. I found a beautiful stone, and I just sharpened it, my axe. And in that way, I could chop effortlessly and quicker. Sometimes in life, we've got to understand when God brings people along your way, and that's the analogy to that, that, that brushing of someone's personality and character to yours is yeah. to sharpen you and to yeah. skillfully put you into a position yeah. in terms of you need to do this skillfully. Not with a blunt axe. You see, hurting people hurt others yeah. and are dangerous. Because yeah, exactly. you can hurt yourself yeah. as you hurt others. Sheldon asked me, not actually it was this weekend, to sharpen the axe that he has. And I'm like, cool, dude, I've done mine. Yeah. But it's a skill because truthfully... God, when he puts people alongside of you, don't wish them away and pray them away. We've heard people pray to remove other people from their lives. Then you're going to miss out on the blessing and the growth and the opportunity around that. Your colleague at work, the staff that you manage, the people that God has given you in ministry, iron sharpens iron. Because you see, as a torch carrier, not just as a bearer, you need to be able to hold what is given you. Yeah. You need to be able to take the responsibility and the weight of your Christian walk. Every day you've got to walk her to your salvation. Yeah. Every day you've got to work it out and walk it out. Yeah. Because you see if you're going to sit and say to me, "But you know, you know I'm just waiting on the Lord." <laughs> and trust me, there are scriptures that are reference to waiting, but the waiting is not a sitting in a relaxed position. The waiting is being ready for what is to come. The waiting is not about, God's got this, man. I just don't need to bring my part. (laughs) Hey? (laughs) Hi, corner. corner. Because you know what? It's a step of faith you need to take. You first need to step out of the boat in order to understand where your faith levels is. Because whilst others were complaining about the wind and everything that took place, Jesus says, come. Uh, Lord, not now. it's a bit windy outside. Uh, maybe when the wind subsides a bit. And when the wind subsides, oh, the waves are just a bit too much for me at this time. And uh, Lord, I'm still hungry. I need to go and eat. You know, we need to go back to the next village. And he just says, come. Sure. Simple, just come. Mm-hmm. Did he say, come plus? Yeah. Yeah. Did he say, come with the following conditions? You see, God is very, very easy in terms of His word and how it is. He says, Come on, take on my yoke. It's easy, it's light. And sometimes we can just complicate our Christian walk. Mm-hmm. Step of faith, step of obedience, just being faithful. Yeah. And you see, as a torchbearer, when you understand that and you experience and you live in the peace of God, you carry that peace everywhere you go. Yeah. Listening to V, and I thought, That is powerful because she's right. You can be at the garage, and while you work with, with the attendant, and uh, some of you must probably do what I do too. While you're sitting there, you're watching other people's behavior, and you're like, "Oh, they are having a bad day. <laughs> just the way they ask the guy to fill up the tank. He's like, oh, just get done. Or we're standing in the bank, and be like, oh. And yet, these are the cushions, right? Yeah. I haven't even spoken about the world. Oh, taking a stab. Put up the first. Oh, okay, I got the pointer. Why am I asking? Okay, there we go. I want to read this scripture. For Christ, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. You must understand, I would just want to pause there. When we think of Christ, he wasn't just a mystic out there, he was representing the manhood, uh, sorry, the human uh, part of what we believe uh, God has sent him down to live on this earth and to live up. The salvation and what we experience today. And so we find that in Christ you have been what? Brought to fullness. If you are still searching for some things, even though you've committed your life to the Lord a few years ago, brought to fullness means that everything that His Word says is in you and is complete. It's done. Do we need to strive for anything else? Not at all. Do we need to add to our day, Lord, just look at the good work I'm doing for your children and for your glory and we work and we work and we... And then people look at us and say, where's the light in what you are doing? No more striving. He is the head over every power and authority. If he is the head, which we're going to learn, see later, and his word says that he is in us, then every power and authority he has given to us. If he's the power and he's the authority, and we're asking God to come through for us around the situation, then we need to trust that power and authority in him. You were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through your faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. I would like to pause for a moment and speak to the candidates here. And for some of you who are considered and and, and just want to be baptized, Uh, possibly God willing, next year. The responsibility and what we saw took place here, when we flush out this water late um, on Tuesday and it goes into the garden, it's going to bring life. It's going to bring life. But spiritually what has taken place is as you went down, the old nature and the old man has died. That's a burial that has taken place here this morning. And we celebrated the new person coming up in the newness and the new life that Christ has for you now you must understand this that in this new life and in what God has called you no longer and we're gonna see this in God's Word do I think the same again no longer do I do the same things that I used to do no longer do I say the things that I used to say think in a certain way around a situation because the old man has died now in our community and in mine in particular I've seen that people would use this phrase. Yeah, but don't let me take off. I'm saying Afrikaans. It's not going to sound the same in English. It means don't let me take off my jacket of salvation and show you who I am. Because then the old nature and old person comes through. And we've seen this happen. Yeah, yeah, you don't know me. You see, when, when we come across somebody around a situation and we don't agree, you, you haven't met me yet. See how the old person comes through again. Now, you don't know what I can do. Oh, so where is the new person? In the closet? <laughs> it's important that we understand that as we walk through this life, we will face challenges. We will be tempted. We will understand that people are going to do this. That is what God is, He said. it. You can't wish it away because truthfully He has a plan and a purpose for your life and mine. And we've got to face this. And we don't face it head on. He says, just, just wait. I've seen you a helper. He's the what? The paracletos. The one that will help you in everything. That dun- dunamis power of God that does when Christ and, and we've seen this the miracles that has taken place was where Christ just showed it through physical things that he's able to do in you exceedingly abundantly more than that you can think or imagine so don't box God just do this for me Lord if you don't mind where's the potential of what God can do because yours is here he's just there. he says I have no limits I have no bounds so why do we want to confine God in the way we understand it. Why am I asking you again the next slide? Okay, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. You and I have seen this, that when people who are alive with and in Christ, isn't it contagious? And then there are some people that you're like, ooh, when they see them coming out. (laughs) Because there's no life there. And we act like we don't see them. (laughs) Because I'm not going to listen to the same nagging over, oh, you know, the government and my neighbor and my dog and my husband and my wife. Because, you see, in Christ you have everything. And so when we do what we do, We're actually saying to the Lord, i got this. I actually want to talk about what just happened now, Lord, to my partner because it's going to release, or somebody that I met is going to release that. But then the power of life and death lies within this time. So when we're speaking about the situation that is negative, what we are actually doing is we're telling God, just take a bit of a step back because I really just want to put this out there. And then when did we speak the blessing? When did we speak the plans and the purposes of God? And so when we come before him in prayer, and God says, hold it, I, I don't have a witness for what you just said now. Because when you're praying, there needs to be a witness. Because yeah, right. your heart and God's word needs to line up and what you say. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not, if there's no witness, there's an element possibly missing because you just spoke curses while you're asking me to bless. Yeah, right. You're asking me to work in your family situation, but you just told your neighbor how bad your husband is and your partner or your situation. Yeah. So if you're a bearer, you've got to take the light And shine it into darkness so that Christ's word, what does it say? Your your word is like what? A light unto my feet and uh, and, unto my pathway. Because it's going to illuminate, it's going to lighten up your situation. And therein comes the revelation of what God wants to do in your life right there. Because His word will confirm it. God will show you. And He will say, pray into that specific situation. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. No more. So when you come for prayer, you've got to understand, and I know Father's ministered on this and Sheldon and others, that when you come for prayer, that you've got to understand you're not coming back to the cross for the same thing. You've moved on. And when you come for prayer, it's not giving your life back to the Lord. You've been saved. Not coming back to God and saying, oh, Lord, do you remember what, what, where I was? and what? He says, I remember your sin no more. So why are you reminding God? And he says, I remember them no more. But he says, come to me, all who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. And when you come here, you will experience the rest and the peace of God in that situation where you are. Not coming back to the cross again. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. As a young Christian, when I just came to know the Lord, just that spot why I highlighted in yellow, that became very real for me. I had to understand the power of God, and I was desiring the things of God. And as I grew as a Christian, I said, Lord, why is it, that I see in my friends' lives certain stuff and why is it that where I am, I'm struggling with certain things that, that really uh, I battled with and especially in my, in my situation and my context. And I really struggled as a Christian because I could not handle or see that where there's things going in our country in a certain way and how uh, Christians are walking in a certain way and I'm asking is this, is this road worth walking? And that was my battle because I I struggled to have this tension as a Christian to see God's provision and his blessings and his word says it. But in my community and where I walked through and what I saw, I couldn't see the fruits of that. That was my tension. And you know what happened is, and then I heard a message. And it said this, go and be the light. Go and be the light. That settled in my spirit. Because as much as what I was living with attention, here's the thing, God was waiting for me to be obedient to his instruction. And when he said go, you need to go. He was waiting for me as a Christian to understand the ills that I saw in our communities and some of the things. He says, I can fix that through you as my witness. Some of you are sitting with disbelief. And I'm going to help you with that. And what happened is that I was working night shift at the time, and God gave me a word to take some children in my road and to just get together on a Friday, have a booty roll with them, and all we did is we just chatted. And so what it did is, for those young boys on a, on a Friday they were no longer just on the street wandering around, they came to a place and was looking forward to meeting with someone. Today, they're obviously grown men. I've seen in our community at the time in Eastridge, in Mitchell's Plain. Tracy and I, we were just at the time uh, dating, and we then heard God say that you need to help people who are struggling through uh, the high schooling. I think got my cousin and a few of us as friends. We used the church in Eastridge, and we had study guides and study aides. I was still at that time um, was studying at university, and we just got together and we tutored them in, in geography, in history, in English, in maths, in physics. And that's where we were just being the light do you what i'm saying it wasn't that it needed to be this specific thing And, and and why i'm saying this is because you can be the light by just inviting your neighbor for a cup of tea and just share the love of christ sheldon used this example with his neighbor because he just believed god was saying i need to do this she wasn't able to move she wasn't able to speak they were able to communicate through the ipad and god gave him an instruction It's not that big things out there. It's the simple things that God says just do this day by day and you are able to share the light. Be the salt of this earth that I've called you to be. Not going out there when we forget about around here. We've got to start where? In Jerusalem. We've got to start in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is not the parameter of this church. Jerusalem is the parameter of your home. Where you live. Do our neighbors know us as, as, light, as torchbearers? Because you see, when you're a torchbearer, and here's the thing, when the French gave the gift uh, to the USA, which we now know as the Statue of Liberty, and I don't want to go into the detail because I, I actually read through it, I was so intrigued by how they put it all together and, and the significance about it. What happened is that it was a symbol and still is a symbol of freedom and hope today. So what is happening to the world converging into thinking the freedom is in the USA? Yet in California, 84 killings was recorded this year alone. So you see what the world puts out? As the Statue of Liberty stands there in all her majestic uh, size, God says, that that doesn't even compare to who you are in me. Multiply that even more. Because you are a torchbearer. So when you're standing as a light in your community, where do people know they need to go in times of trouble? I've heard this comment. No, I don't want to go there. They're Christians. But not now. No, I, I don't trust them. And yet that's the home they need to go to for prayer. Our lives got to be a testimony of the goodness and the grace of God and what He's doing. These are the practical things. I'm get this right there. i want to end off with this Colossians 3. Living as those made alive in Christ. Since then... You have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on what? Things above. I had a conversation yesterday with someone, and I said, I've come to terms with a few things in my life. And the one thing a few years ago that I, I just heard, and God gave me the word because I was, there were certain tensions I had around some situations, and, and I heard God say, Are you content in me? It's not just an answer you can say yes. Contentment means that you are happy and satisfied to the point of knowing that God has control of your life and that you live in that position and from that position. Not being, what are your goals and your plans? I I do have them as well, but I live with a contented heart around those goals and plans. Now that's going to take some shifting. Because it means in my mindset, I had to shift the way I think in terms of finances. In my mindset, I had to think of how I look at things in life. In my mindset, I had to understand how I have to shift and look at things in terms of what material things are around me that sometimes I have to make my life comfortable. But there's another part to that, where God said to me, you need to be content in spirit. got to come to this place at all of where you are content within yourself knowing that i've got this in your life because it was a bit of a tug of war for me well it was more my tug of war with god he just stood there and said are you done (laughs) and because that's truthfully what happened i shouted i cried at god i I mentioned things and i said you don't love me anymore i I went through that because it was just those real things And then God said to him, when are you going to be content? And you see, when we get to this position, that for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. All he's saying to you, I'm wooing you. Come closer. Just come a little bit closer. And when you're there, he says, I'm a little bit closer and he does that all the time in that closeness as a torch beater, we're going to see that we need to hold god's word firm study his word understand his word get into a position of hearing from god not just in our prayer lives but whether we're driving, whether we're walking that we hear from god and not hear from someone else first before we hear from god you see, I like lit- listening to a certain point to some sermons, and I, I haven't done it in a while, I'll be honest. And part of it is because I've been challenged, is are you hearing directly from me? Yeah. Even the books that I, I used to read, I actually have an extensive library. I've stopped reading for quite a while. Other books, I'm picking up one, interestingly, t- uh, tomorrow, because I felt that's a book I felt God lead a lay in my heart. And why am I saying this? Th- these are good aids, trust me. They, they're good to help. But if you are searching for an answer and you're searching it in a book if you're searching it in a book then I want to suggest that you try another book. It's called the Bible. Because everything that you are asking for is in here. That 10 steps to financial freedom is not really 10 steps. How to regain self-confidence in your life by doing the following things is not what the Word of God is saying. How to make sure that you live emotionally free around certain things is not the answer. How to take the, just the list goes on and on and on. I can't remember all of them. But more importantly is that you've got to understand that you search this. And I want to help you a little bit. For some of you who want to start somewhere. Start by the book of Proverbs. Because during the most challenging time of my life, when I started to ask God some questions around my own walk as a Christian, and I still continue to do that, He said, just go to the book of Proverbs. And just go and just ponder. And I spent a year reading through the book of Proverbs. And every time I read the same scripture, something else comes up. And then it challenges my own heart. It's one of those books that you can't just quickly read, because here's the thing. It challenges you. In your speaking, in your conduct, it challenges us in how we conduct our lives. It even speaks about the derping tap, eh? For those who want to go and read it, ouch! Uh, I'm just messing with some people. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality impurity lust evil desires and greed which is idolatry because of these the wrath of God is coming you used to walk in these ways in the life you once loved that's why that is such an important thing but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as this anger rage malice slander and filthy language from your lips I didn't say it take it up with the author Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of your creator. So when Christ says, and God says in His Word in in the first book, Genesis, He says, I've made you in my image and in my likeness. Referred back to the Scripture. Because it's a working out. It's a shedding off. It's a pruning. It's a Ouch, experience sometimes, that rubbing of what, what is taking place. I'm going to close off with saying, as a torch bearer, which you are, what are you taking with you when you carry the torch? God didn't ask you to pack in a bag of provisions, He just says, Take my word. Because you see, if I could have that image in your mind as a torch bearer, I take on a backpack, it's going to weigh me down. In hiking, we all know this. Whatever you take up that mountain, you've got to carry. When you take things out into this world and you take that baggage with you, you see what happens is it pulls you back. Every time. You think it's provision. No. The Word of God says that we're going to live, what? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that cometh out of the mouth of God. I am your provider. I am who I said I am. I will take care of you. Do not fret about tomorrow of what you're going to eat or drink. Take heart. As much as what I feed the birds in the sky, the trees in the field, the flowers, how much more won't I take care of you? I am your source. I am your provider. Come, let's stand as we close. I am the God who says I am. You see, everything we need in this life is in Christ, nothing else. Here's the challenge for today and for this week. As we go out there, look at what you are carrying that you maybe for this morning just need to let go. When we do a hike, there comes a time on some of the hikes we ask guys to take a stone, and this stone is going to represent something you want to leave behind. And then we build a can. What it is is just a pile of stones standing together to show other hikers that there's a pathway that way. But you see what is important about that symbolic action is that as we hike down a mountain, what happens is we now release and we let go of that which needs to let go so that the next journey can be lighter. That the next thing we do can be easy. Because truthfully, it's in that that we find clarity as we can hear His voice better. That we're able to tune into Him without all the rest of the stuff. Sometimes the radio just needs to be off in the car or the TV at home. Because it's just there, just there in that few moments. Some people are so awkward with silence. We've had a fantastic meeting with the men and there was a time on Saturday that we stood in this courtyard and just for a few minutes, we just heard the wind. We just heard the birds. Nothing else. Because you see, you can find him in the wind. You can find him in that place of just coming to a place of rest. Lord, we thank you that this morning we (laughs) thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word that is so infallible. We pray as we guard this week as torchbearers that, Lord, we will walk in the fullness that uh, you have for us, that no longer will, will we just look back, but we will look forward because we know, Father God, that you are preparing us for what is to come. We pray for each and every heart here this morning that as we leave this building, that day by day you will prompt us and probe us, Father God, in the way you do through your Holy Spirit. Keep us safe, Lord. Protect us where we go in our workplaces. Father God, for those that are studying and and the exams, that your, Father God, hand will be upon us. Everybody, in terms of what we are doing, we pray, Father God, that we will experience you in such a beautiful and a real way. We honor you for what has taken place here today. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Lord, thank you that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus who strengthens us. No longer Father God will we be ashamed of this gospel, because it's the power of God unto salvation. Amen. So we honor you in Jesus name. Bless us now as we go, and that you will just protect us in this week and days to come in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. likes it. I' so sorry..)